I am continuing along today in my sermon series through August, Questions About Our Faith, in which I'm taking questions from you, the congregation. And today's question, as you've probably figured out by now, is about the golden rule. What are we to do with the golden rule? How should we think about the golden rule? What does it look like to live by the golden rule? And why do we call it the golden rule anyway? We find it here today in the mouth of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, as part of the Sermon on the Mount, which you may remember has lots and lots to say to us about how we might best live out the Christian life. About how Jesus would have us live more deeply into our discipleship. In context here, it comes immediately on the heels of Jesus' teaching that whoever asks will find, whoever seeks will find, and who, to whoever knocks, the door will be opened. And he says, if you remember, that if you human beings who are evil are still good enough to give your children a fish rather than a snake when they ask for one, how much more will God, who is good, respond to all of us graciously and abundantly with the things that we truly seek if we knock on His door? It's in that context that Jesus offers this golden rule. And it's significant, I think, that it's immediately on the heels of that teaching, that reflection about the character of God being such that God responds to our deepest needs and desires out of a wealth of God's goodness, out of a wealth of God's knowledge about the things that we most want and need in this life. It's significant that it's immediately on the heels of that teaching that Jesus issues this teaching of the golden rule that we're reflecting on here today because in context it's as if this rule is meant to commend to us that we should mirror how God engages with the world. It suggests that just as God opens the door and responds to the needs and desires of the seeker, so we too should act towards our neighbors, towards everyone, not out of a kind of reactionism, not even primarily on the basis of some code of written laws or rules, but instead with a view and with an imagination towards the deepest needs and toward what is truly good for the seekers and the knockers that we ourselves encounter. That's what I think is so significant and so profound about this golden rule, and that is what I want to spend some time unpacking with you today. Because, you see, there is a certain irony to the fact that we even call this a golden rule in the first place. It's not meant to be just one more rule to follow. Even as a rule that encapsulates the spirit and tenor of a whole bunch of rules, the law and the prophets, as Jesus himself says here today, the core of this teaching is that we give up entirely 
on engaging with our fellow human beings as if that were simply a matter of mindlessly sticking to rules and begin instead to live towards them out of a deeper, more awakened, and more imaginative and in-tuned appreciation of the other in their humanity, in their need, and in their particularity. Not a rule, so much as a discipline of the kingdom-informed moral imagination, you might say. You know, last week I opened this series with a question about the kingdom of God and what it is and what it means. And if you remember that, if you were here for that, you recall that I spent some time both in the sermon as well as in the children's moment talking about imagination and how so much of what Jesus has to say and has to teach about the kingdom is a matter of sparking our imagination for seeing the things that God wants to do in this world. You remember those parables where he paints that picture of the kingdom as this great tree in which all the birds of the air are able to find their home within and all the animals of the field take their shade underneath. And that other image of the kingdom that involves the, the tiny mustard seed growing into this enormous plant. And then there's another about, about a merchant who normally would go around selling, but who one day found this pearl of great price and sold everything they had just to attain this one valuable thing. I come back to that because I want you to notice here today that what we call the golden rule is also about stirring up our imagination. And it's important that we try to get a handle on why that is. If we take a close look at this verse together again, I think we can see that it comes in two different parts. First of all, there's a do part to the golden rule, isn't there? Do unto others. But there's also, you might say, an imagination part as well, where it says, as you would have them do unto you. Now I call that the imagination part, because it takes some reflection and thought perhaps to figure out what you might want others to do to you. And it's not always so easy, I would dare say, to figure out what you might want others to do to you. In order to do that, you'd have to, to really think about the situation that that other person is in. I'm going to pick on you this morning a little bit, Heidi, if you don't mind. If Heidi comes up to me one day and says, Pastor, I really miss your beard. I long to go back to that day when we saw less of your face. <laughs> in order for me, in a situation like that, to follow Jesus' teaching here, I'm going to have to do two things, I think, that involve some imagination. First of all, I'm going to have to try to imagine Heidi's situation and where Heidi is coming from, aren't I? What might be happening in Heidi's world that's behind what they're saying to me? Maybe my shaving was just one more thing in a series of unwelcome changes that are happening rapid fire in her life right now and she wishes the world would slow down a little bit. Maybe that old beard of mine reminded her of 
of someone she knew and loved once upon a time, and I've taken that pleasant reminder away. In order for me to be able to respond graciously, I'm going to have to ask that in my heart, aren't I? In order to to know how I'd want to be treated in their situation. I first have to come to a sympathetic understanding of what that situation is. And the thing that I have to do next to abide by Jesus' teaching here is also imaginative, of course. I have to try to imagine myself in that situation and how I'd want others to treat me there. Maybe I imagine them and imagine myself in their situation as being tired and strained at the end of my rope, perhaps. I could see myself in a situation like that, wanting from someone else more than I had to offer back. A little grace, perhaps. A little patience, a little gentleness, a little kindness of spirit. Now notice... I want you to notice that, that that is the very opposite. That it's the very opposite of what Jesus is asking us to do here if we respond by being reactive. Isn't it? It is the very opposite of what Jesus is asking us to do in the golden rule if we respond by being reactive. If I just let a smart remark fly out of my mouth to strike back as a reaction... What's wrong with that, among other things, it's that it's just much, much more thoughtless. Much, much more emotionally insensitive compared to what Jesus is asking us to do. There's a do part of this verse, and there's an imagination part of this verse. And what's interesting to me is that in most of our English translations of the Bible, all of which come down from the King James, the do part comes first, doesn't it? Do unto others. But it's interesting that in the original Greek of this verse, the order is exactly reversed. Did you know that? It says literally this, in all things, Whatever you might wish for people to do to you, this do to them also. Do you hear the difference there? What different, what, what's different there is that the wish part, the imagination part, comes first rather than the do part. Which makes a lot more sense when you think about what's actually involved in following what Jesus is teaching. You and I have to spend some time imagining. Letting God's grace inhabit our hearts and minds with a heart for others before we can move forward into the doing. There are a couple of things that I want to emphasize about what Jesus is trying to accomplish here in calling for this sort of awakening of our moral imagination. And the first is that Through this teaching, Jesus isn't just asking you and I to act in a certain kind of way. He is also, and at least as importantly, coaching up disciples who are able to be both introspective as well as empathetic. And both of those disciplines are contained here within that imagination part of the verse. 
introspective because knowing how I might want others to treat me tells me to go inward in more than just a cursory way. How would I really want another person to treat me? Empathetic, because according to Jesus, I can't go on to the do part of this verse until I've imagined myself within another person's situation. That is literally the definition of empathy. You know, I appreciate this question. Because as it turns out, I think there's quite a lot to following the golden rule. What Jesus is calling us towards here is towards becoming a people that acts within our world from a place of wisdom and introspective imagination and empathy and grace. Allowing Christ to mold us into a people whose doing arises from a heart of loving and understanding. For you see, it's not just a matter of what we're doing, but also who we're becoming that's central to God's kingdom vision for the world. And we become more and more a part of that dawning reality with every step forward that we take toward allowing God to reshape our hearts for others. And so may this golden rule be and become for you, the reshaping tool that I believe it was always intended to be, and to increase in you a heart of compassion and empathy and wisdom in the knowledge and love of God and all of God's people said. Amen. Let's pray together. Wonderful and loving God, we thank you for this invitation into a deeper walk of discipleship this challenge to daily take up this task of imagining ourselves as another, of doing a deep inventory of our hearts, what we want for the world and what you want for the world. But God, would you form in us hearts of such deep wisdom and understanding and caring that we might truly go out into the world and do unto others as we would have them do unto us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.